You're listening to Guitars and Granola Bars, episode 16. Thank you so much for joining me here on Guitars and Granola Bars, Music Therapists Talk Motherhood. I'm your host, Rachel Ramback, and this podcast is for music therapists and anyone else balancing a passion-fueled career with being a mom. This podcast is sponsored by Music Teachers Helper, the best way to manage your private music lesson studio and or music therapy practice. I've used Music Teachers Helper every single day since 2011, and it is one of the best tools I have to keep my private practice running smoothly. Music Teachers Helper is online scheduling and billing software, which you can access from your computer, laptop, tablet, and smartphone that saves you hours every month, enables you to generate reports for taxes, and ensures you never lose track of a payment. Once you add a student, which is super easy, you can choose to automatically send students custom invoices that can be paid by credit card if you make that an option. Automatically email lesson and session reminders, late payment notifications, notes, and so much more. So many amazing features, I can't even list them all right here. Every user also receives a free, easy-to-build website template to help market your studio online. Ditch the costly web designer or programmers and have complete control over your website content. With dozens of professional templates available, you'll be sure to find one that best expresses your style. Whether you have 5 or 50 students or clients, Music Teachers Helper works with studios and practices of all sizes. They offer a 30-day no-risk trial where you can test it out to discover how much time you'll be saving. If you use the link in the show notes or go to www.musicteachershelper.com podcast, you'll save 20% off your first month if you choose to sign up after the trial. In this episode, I'm chatting with Julie Palmieri. Julie is a board-certified music therapist who works and lives in Michigan. She is the owner of Serenade Designs, which helps music therapists create, enhance, and rock their online presence. Julie is married to her amazing husband, Matthew, and they have two gorgeous, funny, energetic, and musical daughters, Amelia and Alice. She calls them her A-team. They spend their days playing, exploring, visiting new places, and laughing. The Palmieri's also have a sweet kitty cat named Clementine. In her spare time, Julie loves browsing Pinterest, cheering on Detroit Red Wings hockey, reading books, eating chocolate, building snowmen, and playing piano. Well, thank you, Julie, so much for joining me on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. So let's start with a little background about you and your career as a music therapist and how you got to that point. All right. Sounds good. Um, Well, I started as um, I started at Western Michigan University um, back in 1998 and um, did my wonderful coursework there um, and actually stayed in Michigan. with my internship, which was nice. I got to stay in Michigan because I actually met my husband 
in uh, at Western. Um, and so that's where it all kind of started, both with my music therapy career and as um, a wife and a mom. So uh, it all started there, I say. Um, and we, um, so I did my internship here in Michigan, and then I was actually hired on as um, a staff music therapist um, at my internship. So that was awesome. Uh, I was able to um, get a, a little bit of roots set here in Michigan. I practiced clinically for a couple of years, um, about three years, and that's when I decided to go back to school. I went back to school um, for music therapy to get my um, master's degree in music therapy, again from Western Michigan University, and that was quite a ride. Um, it was a, a challenge, but I, I felt like it was a good time within my career just because it was, um, it, I just felt like I wanted to learn more. And, um, and I certainly did when I was going to get my master's. Um, so during that time, I was also a graduate assistant um, and working with a lot of um, undergraduate students. And so I, I have a love for supervising um, music therapy students, too. So that was kind of a nice um, added bonus to my, my graduate experience. And were you still working at the time that you were... Um, pursuing your master's degree? I was not. I was not um, at the master's degree part. Um, oh, so you were able to be a full-time student then? Yes. Oh, that's so nice. The, the, the program that I was in was um, I was uh, taking all of my graduate coursework within two semesters. It was, it was called an express master's. Wow, and two semesters? I, two semesters. And so I went full speed ahead and got all the coursework done. And then I had to complete my master's thesis, which um, is tied in with my family too. It was kind of interesting. Um, after I completed all that coursework and kind of had a little bit of downtime um, in early, I think it was 2000, yeah, it was early 2008, um, I found out I was pregnant. So I'm, I'm, was working clinically a little bit, um, also teaching piano lessons at that time, and I was working on my master's thesis. So, so you I, were a little busy. I was a little, just a little busy. Just a little. And then add in the um, morning sickness and um, wanting to take naps pretty much every day. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> you know how that goes. I know how that goes. Yeah. Um, and I, I knew that if I didn't finish my master's thesis, I probably would not finish it. So I, I put my nose to the grindstone and I, I got in touch with my thesis committee and I said, hey, here's what's going on. And they helped me so much in getting my thesis completed um, before I had our first little one, Amelia, um, who was born later that year. Um, she, uh, it, I wouldn't recommend this necessarily, obviously, but I actually defended my master's thesis when I was about 36 weeks pregnant. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was an interesting ride. Um, but I, I did get it done. It was like I had two due dates almost. Like right. My master's thesis and then I had a baby. So um, a few weeks after defending my thesis, uh, I had a baby. So <laughs> so you, you said that you found out that you were pregnant um while you were working on that, mm -hmm. was that something that you had planned that you and your husband had planned going in to that that part of your life, or was that just 
a happy little accident that happened. No, it was, uh, it was, um, you know, we, we had been married up to that point for about four years. So we Mm -hmm. waited a little while to, um, start our family, but yeah, it just, it just kind of happened. Um, I thought it would take a lot longer, but, um, it didn't. (laughs) Yeah. That's so funny. I've heard that from quite a few guests on the podcast where it's like, well, we're, we're, you know, kind of thinking about trying, but you know, we thought it might take months and months and then all of a sudden, here we go. Yeah. Here we go. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wow. So then after your first daughter was born, um, what, what did your career look like? What did your maternity leave look like? What, what were kind of those decisions that you made? Well, we, um, that first, you know, thinking back, I've been thinking about this a lot lately because I've been thinking about recording this podcast and thinking about how kind of crazy those first couple of months are after welcoming your first little one, um, into the world. Mm -hmm. And, um, so I, I took a little time, uh, she was born in October and I, I did not return back to work until about January. Um, so it was about three months or so, okay. yeah. which was great. Um, at that point, I was I was doing very small music therapy contracts um, as well as teaching piano lessons. So I kind of went back to where I what I was doing before, um, and so that's that's kind of a, a short amount of time. But um, but I, I I felt like I needed those those three months for uh, <laughs> that first baby. That was yeah. Just- yeah, I feel like that's a good amount of time because you sort of learn the ropes as a new mom and yep. get that really good bonding time in. But okay. then, you know, after three months, you're kind of like, okay, I, I could get back into work and, and using my skills and using my brain and all those good things. Exactly. We we had a um, an interesting kind of – my husband and I – uh, figured out the schedule where he would work during the day. Um, he's a teacher. He's a music teacher. And um, so he would work during the day and then he would come home and then I would go to work. So that was kind of our schedule for the first um, first couple years of, of Amelia's life, our, our oldest. So, um, yeah, we kind of had to, it was kind of like ships passing. Like we Yes. Would, yeah, well, I know all about that. That was very similar to Parker's first year of life. We did have a couple hours of a babysitter in between since I mm-hmm. went to work a little bit earlier than when he got home. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it, it worked out nicely, um, for yeah. a while, but it was also a little bit stressful just because I felt like we didn't see each other very much. And it was, um, yeah, just a kind of a learning experience exactly. having that, that crazy exactly. schedule. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. I, I don't think I would have changed it. It, it offered me those times to get out of the house for a little while and um, to work with other kids, you know, and a little bit older, older kids that instead of just a baby. Right, right. Very <laughs> you know, conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, when good. you when you went back to work, did you feel like you had evolved or changed as a music therapist or as a um, teacher working with kids? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was, it was, I, I felt like I could relate more to the parents of, of these kids that I was teaching at the time. I felt like I had um, more of a connection with them just in terms of knowing how difficult it can be. You know, as a teacher, we expect so much of them, but um, as a parent, you're you're wanting your child to to practice and to to know their materials for their next lesson and things like that and so 
um, I felt a little bit more on um, understanding um, and a little bit more connected with those parents for sure. <laughs> yeah, I think that's that's the most common answer that mm-hmm. um, that the guests on this show give me when I ask that question. It's just you have that that parental bond with other parents and almost yeah. like a mater- more of a maternal um, mm-hmm. feeling towards your towards your students and exactly. just you want you, them to succeed even that much more. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So how old was your first daughter when you got pregnant for the second time? Uh, Amelia was about, she was a little under two years old. Um, so she was busy, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> busy for, for sure. Uh, and so when her her little sister was born, she was about two and a half. So at, I think at one point I, I looked at their ages um, in those early days and I realized that Amelia was two and a half years old. And then Alice, our second daughter, was two and a half weeks old. Oh my that goodness. Was a, a, a neat little um, combination of their That uh, is cool. Ages. <laughs> yeah. So it's oh. about that two and a half year uh, difference between their ages. But yeah. Okay. And, and what did life look like after Alice was born? (laughs) Um, a lot, a lot different. (laughs) Tell me more, please. Uh (laughs) Yes. You're, you're going to be right there. I will. I will. It was uh, a lot busier. It was, um, a, a, just a different energy. Um, trying to get out the door was a little bit more difficult. Um, in that first year, I, I always I always say to new parents and to people who are expecting their maybe their first or second kiddos, um, that first year is always the hardest and it's always kind of a blur. Um, so that first year of having two two little ones was was a lot of a blur, <laughs> um, but it was a good a good blur in in that time too. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just it's busier. It's um, it's it's hard to describe actually. Uh you're um I do I do remember very much um how when when we had, you know, we were getting ready for Alice to make her entrance in the world. I remember um people saying, You'll just your heart's gonna expand and I I felt like my I was worried about that a little bit, like we have Amelia. Oh, we love Amelia so much, and we have a really nice bond with her. And then we're going to add this little, this other little person. Um, but really, truly, our hearts just kind of like expanded immediately. And I'm really glad to hear that because I absolutely. I do worry about that. Mm-hmm. You know, having so much love for my son, and mm-hmm. I just can't even imagine another creature and loving another creature as much as I love him. So I know, I know. And it's, it's not even, you know, you have to love, you know, you, you have to love them equally all the time. It just, it just happens. It's, it's kind of funny. It just automatically happens. And it's a really, really nice feeling. I do have to say they're completely different creatures too. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> different personalities, these two girls, you know, they're, they're a little bit older now, six and a half, um, and four, but they're, um, the personalities that come out, it's, it's just kind of amazing. They're just so different. Um, but yeah, they're, they, uh, they're little peas in a pod. Yeah. So fun. Yeah. What was your experience like becoming a mom for the second time? Did you feel like 
it was as hard as it was the first time or that you kind of knew what to expect? Mm, Tell me about that. Yeah. Well, um, you know, with, uh, with Amelia, our oldest, she was, um, it was a hard, you know, it was that hard adjustment of that first year. Mm -hmm. Um, it it was just an adjustment. She wouldn't, she wouldn't breastfeed and she was kind of a a cruddy sleeper. Mm, (laughs) Um, you know, we have to rock her a lot and bounce her on the bouncy ball. We, We did that a lot, but, um, um, so we kind of knew going in, with Alice, we were like, okay, we know how to do all these things. If she doesn't sleep, we can do this. If she doesn't, if she doesn't breastfeed at first, we can do this. And we kind of had the, like these little experiences to go along with with the new baby already. So it felt, um, it almost felt like we were we were halfway prepared, right, <laughs> um, for this this little one to come in. I remember very clearly, um, you know, with with our first baby. My husband didn't leave my side at the hospital. He was there with me the whole time. The second time around, he went home to be with our daughter or, you know, with Amelia, with our oldest. And uh, I was totally okay with that. And yeah, (laughs) it's very different the second time through. But I remember looking at Alice in the hospital and I remember looking at her and kind of going, hey, I can do this. I can handle you. Like it was, um, it was yeah, it was such a different a difference between the first and the second one. Yeah, that's so interesting because there is just nothing like becoming a mom and mm-hmm. all of the the changes that you go through and the hormones that you experience and <laughs> all that crazy stuff. So I I keep wondering like what is that going to look like for the second time? Right. And, you know, will I be having all of those crazy roller coaster feelings and right. will I, I be feeling as overwhelmed as I did the first time? So right. I'm always curious to hear about how those second time experiences go. Yeah. And I, I really, I feel like you're going to hit that and you're going to be like so busy with Parker <laughs> running around too. Yes. It's, it's just going to kind of all start kind of melting together and... Um, I, I remember feeling like maybe I didn't, um, I, I remember feeling kind of like I was too busy to really even think about those roller coaster emotions. Yes. Well, and, and, and what I've heard from other second time moms is that mm-hmm. life really just has to keep going when you have a second yeah. child with yep. your first child. And I definitely had this experience where like life pretty much stopped and revolved around my baby and We spent all of our time, you know, at home or, you know, going for little walks or things, but that was my life. And that just won't be the case with having a toddler that has a a busy life and has things going on. And now the the second baby will be going with the flow because she's going to have to go with Parker. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. She'll She'll just be kind of thrown in the mix. Exactly. Yeah. And they, they're so, I mean, kids are, they're so kind of, I don't know, they're kind of resilient that way. They just kind of go with the flow. Yeah. I don't know. That's what I experienced with, with my two. They were just kind of go with the flow kind of kids. And if we were going to a museum in the morning, hey, you know, here we pop Alice right into the the car seat and there we go. Mm -hmm. And she sleeps most of the time, but um, but yeah, I, I actually have this distinct memory of going to a, one of our local museums and, um, it was, it was in the middle of the summer 
And my husband was gone that entire week, so I was tired already. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> being, home. being home with the kiddos uh, during the summer. And I remember distinctly uh, there were, like, some instruments, some musical instruments at the, the museum. Alice was in her car seat sleeping, sleeping just out, completely out. And Alice, or Amelia, our oldest, she, she got the musical instruments, and she just started playing all of these musical instruments, and Alice had no care in the world. She just went with it. She kept sleeping the entire time. And um, I have a picture of Amelia banging crash crash cymbals, these little crash cymbals, and Alice is just sleeping away. <laughs> wow. So so I take it she was a better sleeper than Amelia? She, yes, very much That's so. good. <laughs> yes, exactly. She And it's kind of one of those things when you're in that, that first baby world where you're with that first baby, you're just so – focused on that little one. And then when the second baby comes, it's kind of like, okay, well, let's put her in her crib and have her sleep. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and leave her, leave her be. <laughs> yeah. You don't have time to second guess yourself and think about all the alternatives. And yeah. Exactly. And that's probably a good thing. <laughs> exactly. I think I spent way too much time stressing out about uh-huh. baby sleep that first yep. year. Yep. I, did. I, I had a, a poor sleeper as well. So yeah. Yeah. Not fun. No. So what did what did your work life look like after Alice was born? All right. So I it's hard to think back on that. Um I was <laughs> it's, it's like I said, it's all a blur. Mm-hmm. I went back to teaching um private piano lessons during that time. And again I had small music therapy contracts here and there. Um, and I'm just trying to think of how it all kind of evolved. When Alice was about when, let's see, in 2013, she would have been two, about two and a half. I started um, working completely online. And I actually stopped teaching piano lessons. And then I started uh, working completely online uh, and working with music therapists um, and kind of helping them create their online presence. And how did you, how did you make that transition or make that decision with your husband that that was um, sort of the best thing for your family? Sure. Um, You know, I felt like uh, it would have financially, it would have been um, about the same, but I was able to be home. And Mm, I uh, for me teaching piano, I was actually traveling to my students' homes um, and teaching that way. I, with that, that um, set up, I was able to, to teach in their homes because they all lived very close together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it worked out really well that way. Um, and that's just kind of how that worked for us. Um, but, but I could be home. I could, I could pick up, um, Amelia from school. I could ha- I could be home while Alice was still home with the babysitter. Um, so it was really, it was a nice, um, a nice kind of, uh, a way to set it up for our family. Uh, it was it was kind of a tough transition, but um, but we made it work, uh, and we we have a different. It seems like we have a different schedule every year now, but um, we've we've made it work along the way, so it's been good. Yeah, and was it was it difficult for you to give up sort of that service based piece of your career, um, like direct service? I, I should say. <laughs> Right. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't too difficult. I do miss my students once in a while. Mm-hmm. I really do. Um, I have a couple of students I've been, te- I had been teaching for a long time and now they're in college and that's so crazy and, and 
kooky almost. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, it was it was a different kind of switch. It was, you know, I was going from serving, uh, you know, younger kids to now kind of serving music therapists. Right. Helping and them along the way. What was it about about doing that kind of work that appealed to you? Um. First, it was the the working, the the flexibility of working from home. But I think another thing is that it was combining kind of two things that I really, I really enjoyed doing. You know, my music therapy background, along with this kind of geeky, nerdy, (laughs) (laughs) but but um, you know, the the um, building websites and being on social media and doing marketing via online you know, all these different platforms that you can use. And it was like the meshing of two worlds. And I really, really love it. I, I continue to love it today. It's a, it, it's a perfect fit. And, and, you know, I've had people say to me, Julie, why don't you do, why don't you do this? And I've, and why don't you do um, the website stuff and the, the um, creating websites and, doing this marketing online. And I've always kind of hesitated to do that full, full, at full force. Mm-hmm. But now that I have this music therapy piece and I know that I can help music therapists, it's, it feels like a really good fit. Right. And what I think is so interesting about what you do and what makes you so perfect at it is that you do have that knowledge about what, what our careers are like and and right. the kind of work we do, whereas, you know, if we set out to find, uh, you know, like a social media expert right. off the internet, you know, it, yeah. they might not have that, that background knowledge and right. um, really know our target market and know what kind of services we offer. So that puts you at an advantage, I think, having mm-hmm. that really niche knowledge. Exactly. Exactly. It's kind of like you kind of eliminate that learning curve that that person would need to um, to have. I mean, they would have to learn a lot about music therapy and and about what we do. And I've we've I've already cut that part down. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. you're you're home with your girls when they're not at school. Right. How do you how do you balance your mom time with your work time. Is, is there a balance? <laughs> <laughs> That's the question we're all trying to find exactly, the answer to. Exactly. You know, I just kind of try to make it, make it work. I take one, I'm very much one day at a time kind of person. Um, and I, 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 I don't even know if I can answer that question <laughs> because it's, it's, I just try to make it work from, from day to day. Right. Um, while I am working from home, uh, you know, I make sure that the days um, that they do have school, that's my day to work. Uh, so Alice is in preschool right now. So she is at preschool. So today is a, is a work day, that kind of thing. But when they're home, it's a little bit trickier. Um, I often, they they are my water babies. Uh, they love playing in the water. And so I'll set them up at the sink <laughs> and they play in the sink while I get a little bit of work done. Oh, nice. You know, adds, uh, answer some emails or, or tweak a website that I'm working on. And so they're playing in the water and then I'm doing my work and that keeps them busy for, you know, 
45 minutes or so, which is awesome. And then I might set them up with uh, some Play-Doh or some of uh, the kinetic sand. I don't know if you've ever seen kinetic sand. It's like this uh, really cool magnetic sand. Yes, I right have. Yeah. So I set them up with that. They love that. They love their coloring. And um, Amelia is taking off with writing and reading in first grade now. And so they, they, I try to just keep them busy. I find little pockets of time in which I can do work and that's how we balance it. <laughs> yeah. And, and they're at a good age now where they can be independent to a certain point and, exactly. and they have each other, which I know must be so nice Yes, for you and for them. Yes, exactly, exactly. It's uh, it can be a challenge sometimes. I I won't lie about about them getting along at all times of the day, but but they're pretty good. Yeah, uh, but yeah. <laughs> Did you feel like it was harder at first when they were a little bit younger and you were doing the working from home? A little bit. Uh, you know, it was um, yeah, it was it was shorter pockets of time for sure. Mm-hmm. I could get work done. Uh, but I, I still, I feel like they, they were, were both such good kids mm-hmm. <laughs> that, we, that I could get those little pockets of time done with, you know, those little pockets of work done. So, um, and like I said, it's kind of a blur still, uh, from <laughs> for, it's been four years since, um, Alice was a little, a little, little one. So, um, yeah, it was just shorter pockets of time that yeah. I could. <laughs> yeah, I I can completely understand that. I I work from home a lot of the time and um have found that the toddler stage is a really hard stage to be able to get much done yep. <laughs> with with the kiddo around. There's I have you ever seen uh storyofalife.com? No. Oh my goodness. Uh it's it's quite funny. I follow him on Facebook. I um and I I I think it's storyofalife.com and it's quite funny because they'll post videos of their toddler who is um, helping, quote unquote, uh, helping, helping them, yes. <laughs> uh, work from home. And there are just the funniest videos. There was a, a time-lapse video of their toddler playing around the mom who was trying to work on her computer is the funniest video. I should <laughs> I should share that one with you. Yes, you should. I would love to see that because I'm sure I could relate. Exactly. Exactly. It's pretty funny. <laughs> so aside from just finding the time, do you feel like there are any big challenges that stand out to you as far as, as being a work-from-home mom? Um. Yeah, sometimes there are. Uh, at, at times I find that I, I just want to be with my family, you know, they, I haven't seen Amelia all day because she's been in school or, or, you know, Alice has been at school too, or, um, it's a challenge. It's, it takes a lot of discipline. And, uh, you know, when people hear that I work from home, they're, they're always like, oh, that's so nice, but it takes a lot of discipline. Yes. Um, and a lot of, uh, just, just scheduling, um, to make your schedule work with around your family, but then also, you know, you have to get your work time in. So right. it's, it's a lot of, sometimes I find myself, it's a lot of late, later hours. Well, after the kids go to bed at night, um, I'm not a morning person. <laughs> so my, my time is at night. So, um, yeah, it's just, just finding that, that, weird scheduling and, um, and kind of going with it and going with the flow. 
Yeah, and and I know that for me, and this is probably true for you too, but when you work from home and your work is with you all the time, there is always work to be done. And it's yeah. it's not like you can leave it at an office and come home yeah. exactly. and be away from it. Yep. And that's, yep. that's that's a challenge that I know I have because I always have projects on my plate and I know that you do too. Mm-hmm. And you feel like you could sit there for 12 hours and still have more it's to do. Still have more to do. I know, mm-hmm. isn't that isn't that amazing? It's it is. I know. Supply. That's what my husband he's always like, what could you possibly have left to do? Like you've okay. been working nonstop for the last <laughs> Every night and every morning. Exactly. And exactly. I it, know. It's, it's hard to explain. I mean, he sells insurance. So, you know, he does his work and he comes home. And exactly. So it's just a completely different type of career. And it is. there it are is. definitely challenges on both sides of it from, you know, wanting to spend more time with your family, but also needing to to draw that line in the sand of, okay, I need to put my work away. and. Exactly take a break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I have, I have difficulty with that at times, you know, when, um, at the end of the end of the evening after my kiddos go to bed, it's like, okay, well I can, I can get a little bit of time in here. And sometimes when you, when you kind of get to the end of the day, you just kind of need to wave that white flag and say, I'm tired. I need to take care of myself and I need to go to bed or just read to have fun to read. And yeah, Things like that. And so. that's that's a real skill that I think we need is to be able to to be honest with ourselves and know when we hit that point. Mm-hmm. Because if you try to to tackle a project or do work when, when your brain's just really not in it and when your heart's not in it, right. you're, you're not going to do your best work. So exactly. you might as well save it for later. And yeah, right. maybe you do fall a little bit behind on that to-do list. I know that was me last night and <laughs> I had all of these big plans and right. – then at the end of the night, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go to bed because exactly. there's no point in Absolutely. forcing myself to do this. Yep, exactly. And mm-hmm. that's, yeah, if you don't have anything to to give, it's not going to be benefiting anybody else. So. Exactly. Yeah. So what are some of the most fulfilling aspects for you of um, being a work-from-home mom and a working mom in general, I should say? I think it's, you know, when when I started out as a student um, at Western Michigan, it was like I, I always felt like I wanted to help people, and I think that's that's kind of what all music therapists want to do. Is they they have this really deep desire to help people, and I still feel that today. It's I'm just helping different people right. <laughs> along the way, and I feel like that's the most fulfilling aspect of my work is that I can help music therapists really um, create this this engaging and strong personality online because as, as we know, a lot of marketing comes from online now. It's no longer the yellow pages. Right. It's no longer, you know, I mean, you have word of mouth, of course, but um, often people, when they hear about you, they go to Google your business and um, so I feel like I can I can give a little bit of that back to the music therapy field and support music therapists that way um, with my my uh, knowledge and and with what I've learned over the years of website design and social media marketing and things like that. So that's very fulfilling to me. And uh, again, it, it it 
combines that music therapy world with that kind of geeky geeky side of me too. Yeah, so. it's a perfect combination. Really, you get to do two things that you love at once and, and so, help people and make a huge difference. And I've met so many people, even just by using technology, from using Twitter and from using Facebook. I, I think that's how I met you. Even. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't even know how many years ago it's been, but... Um, it's it's been amazing. It's it's been really neat. I'm a big big advocate for connecting with people, connecting with people in your field, especially to to um, just connect with them on social media, and uh, it's really really been awesome to have that experience. Yeah, and I can tell just listening to you talk about your work that you are so passionate about it, and and it is so fulfilling to you. It is. It so is. do you see yourself ever going back into a clinical role as a music therapist? Oh, that's a million-dollar question. <laughs> I bet sure. it is. Ooh. Um, I am not sure. Um, like I said, I'm kind of a day-to-day person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I right now I don't have any plans to do that. Um, but if the if the right opportunity did come along. I, I might explore that. Yes, I okay. guess. Um, so you're not you're not leaving it completely off the table. No, no, not leaving it completely off the table for sure. Um, like I said, I've, I've enjoyed I've enjoyed um, doing working with college students, uh, music therapy majors. Um, I've enjoyed working in early childhood and working with kids. And um, so, if a, an opportunity presented itself, it sure, certainly. Uh, would pique my interest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. For sure. Good to know. Yeah. So we have talked a lot about, um, trying to balance or, you know, find that, that mythical balance, I guess, yeah. <laughs> um, between work and family life. But what about yourself and, and your own self care? What kinds of things do you do to take care of Julie? Mm, that one's a tough one because often you do really forget about yourself when you're in the middle of working for other people and being with your family. Yeah. I, you know, this, when you sent me this list of questions, uh, prior to, to this podcast, I, I really thought long and hard about this. How do I take care of myself? And it's ever evolving. And I don't even know if I have the, the right answers, but I think it goes back to knowing when you're at the end of the day and you're, you know that you don't have any more to give and knowing that's when to take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of my starting point. Um, in terms of specifics, I love reading. I love reading books that have nothing to do with anything that I do during the day. <laughs> um, I love watching comedies with my husband. We are big Parks and Rec fans. We love the Mindy Project and The Office and all those fun, comedic, modern family. Modern family is hilarious. I have never seen an episode of that show, but I always hear how great it is. So good. It's so good. It's just just funny. And I think that's a nice way for my husband and I to spend a little time together and laugh at the end of the day and um, definitely taking care of each other that way too. So... Oh boy, yeah. It's 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 this it's always tough as a as a mom and as somebody who who works. It's it's tough to take care of yourself uh, at times, but yeah, we're always evolving, right? That's right. And you know, it's so funny your response to this question because I ask it 
on every episode of the show. And just yesterday, I was actually a guest on one of my favorite podcasts. And um, her her podcast also includes this question similar to this. Right. And I really did not have a good answer. Um, I know that for me, the work that I do at home, um, you know, outside of my clinical work, Mm -hmm. I find that so enjoyable that for me, almost it is one form of self-care is being able to do that without any pressure and just being able to really dive in. And, um, you know, if I have an hour or two just to be able to get into that flow mode and, Mm -hmm. and work. Um, so for me, that's a really, um, invigorating and I'm, I'm not really one of those people that needs to, you know, constantly like be, um, meeting up with friends and going out to lunch and going to get pedicures and things like those aren't necessarily the kinds of things that, that charge me up, um, the way that, that some of the other stuff does. Of course, you know, I, I love to maintain my friendships and do things like that on a fairly regular basis, but, um, but yeah, I, and that's why I think my husband thinks I'm so crazy because, you know, that work for me doesn't always feel like work. Sometimes exactly. it, it's like so, um, good for my soul too. Exactly. And, you know, sometimes I, I, in my work, I, I find, you know, where I'm doing a lot of social media, um, marketing and things like that. And I find myself on Pinterest, but it's, it's work. But it's fun. But too. it's fun. Exactly. Oh my that's it's that's another intersection that's really fun and really enjoyable for me too. So I, I I know I I find my days go by very quickly when I'm immersed in in those things that just are so enjoyable and Yes, absolutely. You really look at the clock and you're like, What? It's already that time? I can't even believe it. Oh I know. Like this podcast, I keep looking at the time and I'm like, Really? We've been talking <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> that's fun. that is so true. Yeah. I I completely am right there with you. So what advice do you have for other music therapists who are um maybe thinking about having kids or thinking about how um they might structure their work or thinking about even working from home like you do? Do you have any specific advice you would offer? Well, I definitely I I definitely think that you need to find what fits and what really works for your family. Um, I, I have been very lucky in, in the fact that I have been able to, um, you know, have, have my husband be, be kind of the, the, I don't know, I guess the breadwinner of our family. <laughs> um, but, but I've been very lucky to have him understand how, how our fit, our fit works for our family. It might not work for everybody else, but, um, that's, that's kind of what, uh, what I, my big advice would be just to kind of find what works for your family and, um, and it all kind of fall into place. You might have, um, you might have childcare issues, and but sometimes you might it'll all fall in place, or you might need to rearrange your schedule because a certain client can't make it at that certain time. But it's it will all fall into place, and um, yeah, just finding that fit and being comfortable with that fit. It's not going to look like anybody else's else's fit, I guess, or balance. And it'll evolve over time. It'll evolve. It constantly evolves. Constantly, sure. yes. That's that's the biggest thing that I've found is that, you know, once my husband and I work ourselves into a, 
routine that really fits or, you know, a work life balance that seems to fit at the time, you know, then everything changes. This year has been a prime example of that with buying a new house and having another baby on the way and me expanding my private practice and all of these things. And so we're constantly having to reconfigure and readjust and find a new fit. So it's, it's all about, you know, finding that fit with your family, having those really honest conversations and then also being adaptable to that changing at any moment. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. I like that word reconfigure. It's, it's, that's always, always, the name of the game. Yes. I, I feel like that's like my life motto right now is just yeah. reconfiguring constantly. Yep. yep. Yeah. Go, go on with it. Yes. <laughs> go with it. So oh. do you have any um, therapy related projects or news that you'd like to share? Uh, well, I, through my, through my website and through my, my business, Serenade Designs, uh, I'm going to be releasing my first ever ebook kind of exciting. Yes. Right now I'm, I'm hosting a blogging challenge through my website, which I'm so excited to participate in by the way. Good, 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 good. It's hashtag music therapy blogger. Awesome. And it's, um, we're going to kind of create, hopefully create a, a great community of new bloggers and established bloggers and, um, and to grow, uh, their ideas for what they can offer on their websites and, and within their blogs. So uh, it's it's pretty exciting. And then I'm going to also have the ebook as something to kind of go along with it if you want to learn every, uh, lots of things about blogging. So um, that's coming up for me. Very exciting. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm really excited about it, and that's another thing where it's, you know, I've got a, I've got a little schedule, and you know, I've got a, <laughs> that little schedule and fit that into the little pockets of time with my family. So, we'll, uh, we'll see how it all goes. I'm, I'm excited about it though. So awesome. Well, Julie, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I really enjoyed our conversation, and I think my listeners will too. Awesome. Thank you for having me. I really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to send Julie a message, you can contact her via Twitter at Serenade Designs. Would you like to be a guest on the show? Let me know. Get in touch and find the show notes for this episode at guitarsandgranolabars.com. And if you feel so inclined, please leave a review on iTunes. I'll talk to you again next week.